morning, my church. It's so good to be with you this morning. I thank God for your pastors, pastors, Lewis and Stephanie Tucker. They are near and dear friends of me and my wife. And if you've been in my church for any period of time, you should know me. Um, I'm home. This is familiar to me. And if this is your first time seeing me, know that I'm blessed to be here. And I believe God's going to bless us as we do what God's called us to do today, right here, this morning, in the Word of God. In a second, I'm going to pray, and we'll jump into the Word. I just want to say a, a few words about how dear and how precious uh, your pastors are to us. Uh, funny story. I was seeing some uh, information that your pastor posted. He was celebrating something, and he was posting the pictures of the celebration, and I got kind of upset. And the reason I got upset is because I was wondering where was I? I was like, I wasn't preaching somewhere. Was I wasn't, you know, was I out of town or what? You know, I, I was wondering why this monumental thing, you know, was occurring in, in his life. And I wasn't anywhere to be found. I didn't remember at least calling him or sending him a note or sending him, a, you know, a seat or something or a card or I, I didn't remember anything about it. I was like, wow, what, you know, what, what happened here? Cause I know he would invite me. I'm like, that's not even the issue. I know I would have come or at least called him. I'm like what? And I, I was trying. And so <laughs> about 10, 15 minutes later, maybe the Holy Ghost revealed to me, uh, like, oh, uh, you hadn't met yet. <laughs> oh, and so we hadn't met yet, but, uh, we have done life together for so long. Uh, and been friends for so long that it, it just, in my mind, everything he's doing, I should be a part of everything I'm doing, he's been a part of. And so it, it was it was funny to me to just have that realization, like, duh, like, you know, we hadn't met yet. We didn't know that each other existed, but we made our way to meet each other. And blessed to know you guys and blessed to be a part and help to serve this My Church vision because um, it's it's the will of God in the earth. So let's pray and get into the word. I got something for you. Thank you. Father, we bless you. We give you honor and glory. We thank you that the entrance of your word bring it to light. Father, right now, allow us to comprehend, allow us to get exactly what you brought us here for. You brought us here that we might get better. And we're going to leave this place with just that. And we thank you now, Father, for giving us the ability to receive this word and produce the enjoyable life as a result of living it out in the earth we bless you father we give you honor and glory in jesus name amen praise god all right so let's jump into the word uh thank god for my wife my family everybody knowing i love them they're my best praise god thank god for you guys allowing me to go and do what god's called us to do um so your pastor's been talking about God's rule over, uh, over our thoughts, our feelings, and our desires. So the subject for today is along those lines. I'm going to preach right in, in vain with what he's been preaching and just add to, and we're just going to tag team, and that's part of how the revelation works. Uh, today we're going to talk about the restoration revelation. Write that on your paper. I know you're taking good notes. I know you're good Bible students. The restoration revelation. And so let's talk for a little bit. The Bible is the story of God's creation of earth and God created earth to be a colony of heaven. 
And so he sent man to earth to colonize earth for heaven so that instead of relocating heaven to earth, he wanted earth to be a colony of heaven. So that's why he created them, put them in Eden and said, be fruitful, multiply, replenish, you know, to, to subdue the earth and multiply. That was God's plan. And when man disassociated from the kingdom, when man uh, excommunicated himself and herself, uh, God recalled the, the spirit back to heaven because, you know, man no longer wanted his presence no longer. So man rejected that. And <clears throat> because of the revolt, the the kingdom of heaven colonization had to had to be on hold and and since the kingdom was in the hearts of men in order for god to get it back he couldn't just take the territory right because it wasn't a physical territory of earth because he created the earth he, the earth was the lord's and the fullness thereof but it was the hearts of men whom he had given the opportunity to colonize they then gave over their hearts to, to the enemy. And so if God were to just come and take it back, God would be guilty of war crimes because he had given a gift. So he had to then make it possible for men to give their hearts back to him and uh, receive it as the sovereign that he is. Okay, now, I know you guys know that, you got Bible students. Here at my church, I just wanted to set that premise because we're going to go to Genesis chapter 2. Genesis chapter 2 and verse 7 says, And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. Watch this. And man became a living soul. So we learn something right here in Genesis 2 with the creation of man. The Scripture says that God breathed into man the breath of life and man became alive with a soul. So instead of thinking that you're a spirit in a body, I want to just make sure that we have the right thinking. According to scripture and according to God's plan, you are a spirit with an earth suit on. Right. Because you're a spirit and and that's the real you, the spirit. And so the real you has on a body, has on the earth suit, because that's the appropriate attire for this planet. And this, the scripture says, and he breathed the spirit into him and man became alive with the soul. Now, we're going to talk more about that in, in later. It's going to really click for you. But notice. Your soul came with your spirit. Pause there for a second. God breathed the spirit and breathing of the spirit gave man life. So living soul. So soul came with your spirit. And I need us to see that because we're going to through this lesson, we're going to see that we don't have to think of them as two disparate things they came together and then they were unpackaged because of our sin 
but we're going to see how today we can put the package back together. Like Humpty Dumpty that fell off, we're going to put it back together again. Now, God's desire was to walk with man. Um, God, God wanted to walk with man and walking was denoted by his presence and by his direction. Let, let's, let's go to another scripture. I want to, I want to take my time and make sure you get this. Genesis three and eight, just next book over, flip the page if you would. Three and eight says, and they heard the voice of the Lord. Listen, they heard the voice of the Lord. Not necessarily, they just heard his voice, his sound of the Lord walking in the garden. His voice was walking in the garden. So his voice was moving in the garden in the cooler day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence. His voice was walking, but they hid from the presence. His voice was walking, they hid from the presence. So his voice moving, his direction and his voice represented him. They hid from his presence. What was his presence? His voice moving, his voice walking, his voice in a direction. So God had a desire to walk with man. What did he do? He gave his voice in his direction. That was his presence. So his presence represented his direction. And you often see in scripture talks about his face. Well, it's not necessarily talking about his eyes, ears, nose, and mouth. His face represented his direction because in order to go away, you have to face that way to, you know, to walk that way. It's the way you're facing. So his face represented his direction or his leadership. And so they were walking separate from his leadership or his direction. We're going to figure out what happened in a minute. I know you already know the rest of the story, but notice they hid themselves from his presence amongst the trees. Now, after the, the treason, the fall of man, Adam and Eve, We read about God no longer being inside man, but visiting the spirit of the Lord came upon the spirit of the Lord came upon because there was this breach in the plan of colonization. Now watch this very interestingly go to Genesis five, Genesis five. I'm just going to point out a few things in rapid succession here. Genesis five and six says, and Seth lived a hundred years. 9 says, and Enoch lived. 12 says, and Canaan lived. 15 says, and Mahalia lived. 18 says, and Jared lived. And 21 says, Enoch lived. And 25 says, Methuselah lived. And 28 says, Lamech lived. So it sounds like all these guys lived. And just talks about these guys living. And it does, except for the fact that there's three verses between Canaan, Mahalia, Jared, and Enoch. You know, 12, 15, 18. 21 where it says they live but between enoch and methuselah there's four verses enoch lived is 21 methuselah lived at 25 so there's some extra in there but now before we talk about the extra let's talk about methuselah because methuselah is recorded as having lived the longest on the earth but when we read 25 about methuselah it says methuselah lived and 108 and seven years and begat Lamech. And then 27 
says, and all the days of Methuselah were 960 and nine years, and he died. So I said he lived 180 some years, then had a child, then he lived another almost 800 years, and he died. But that's all we read about Methuselah. Same way with Jared, same way with Mahela, same way with Canaan, same way with Lamech, and these are the first, you know, kind of generations after Adam and Eve and Seth and you know, after their first kid. This is, you know, the generations. And the Bible specifically points out that these guys lived and they died. And what's interesting about that is that everybody on the planet is going to live and going to die. There's a time to live, a time that everybody's been appointed to live and die. But there's something, there's an extra verse in here about Enoch that I want us to see that not everybody had in their bio. Verse 24 says, Oh, 23, and all the days of Enoch were 365 years. 24 says, and Enoch walked with God. Watch this. And he was not, for God took him. So the old, old folks church tell us that Enoch was translated. Notice, everybody lived and everybody died, but not everybody walked with God. Remember? Adam and Eve, his presence, his direction. So they didn't have his direction. They didn't have his presence to hear his voice in the cool, and they weren't following his voice. And without that, if you're not following the voice of the Lord, if you're not walking with God, you're just living to die, but you're never really living. Because just like Adam and Eve, all of these people were created to walk with God. And when we see their sin, the sin the first thing that God does, God doesn't even address the act of the sin. What's more important to God is the effect that it's having on you. It's not about him. It's not like, how oh, could you do this, Adam? You destroyed the kingdom plan and all that. God's like, I ain't no punk. I got this. But I'm concerned about you because God doesn't first say, did you eat that fruit? Did I tell you not to eat that fruit? See, you ate that fruit. Now, here's the penalty. Here's this. The first thing God asked him is about his presence. He says, Adam, where are you? I don't know where he was. What was he doing? God cared more about him not being in the spot to walk with him than he did about what he did to get in that spot. Glory to God. That's such a good news because that means no matter what you do, God always wants you to show up in front of him. <laughs> glory to God. You can show up with blood on your hands. I hope you don't, I hope the blood is just, you know, cause you cut your finger, but we don't need to talk about that. But even if you showed up with blood on your hands, God would want you in his presence. Even if you showed up with a knife, even if you showed up cussing, spitting, sweat, sweat dripping down, blood, if you, tears rolling down your eyes, mad, this balled up clinch. God would want you in the spot because Adam and Eve had committed high treason, had given over everything that God had planned out and before the foundation of the world had set up. And yet here he was saying, where are you? Because my direction, my presence, and the ability to walk with me is always available to man. Glory to God in the high. We're not going to turn it for a second time, but the next person we see walk with God is Noah. And we know the story of Noah. Hopefully you know the story of Noah. If not, 
past him. <laughs> Which you know the story of Noah. Uh, and then we see Abram, you know, he walked with God. God, he said, I'm gonna know, and God talked with him. And Moses, he walked with God, so much so that in Exodus, God says, I'm gonna bring you out. And Moses says, How are we gonna know that you're going with us? And and Moses said this, they're in slavery. Now they're enslaved. They're not they're not slaves, they're enslaved. They're enslaved people, and the people are, you know, just enslaved. And Moses, the leader, and God says, I'm going to bring you out. But Moses says, listen, God, except your presence go with me, go with me, I'm not going, I don't want us to go. This is, you got to have a good leader that knows how, like you got here at my church. He said, except your presence go, don't bring us out. He says, don't even give me the plan. As much as I would be revered among the people, when I came back to the people and said, I have the plan of God to get us out. He says, I don't even want it, except you tell me that with this plan, your presence is going to go with us. He says, because how can we know, how can people know that you have favored us? How can people know that you have blessed us, except your presence? Now remember his presence, his leadership, his direction, he wanted to go in the direction that God wanted. Moses said, I'd rather be enslaved, willing to follow God if I had the chance, as opposed to being free and not having the opportunity to go in the direction that God wanted me to go. Oh, glory. So this happened and, and, it, and, it, and it came to a time where the prophet Joel Joel 2.28. Joel saw a time where the communications plan of God was going to open up wider. He says, I see a day where your young men shall dream dreams and your old men shall see visions. And he says, the handmaid and the, the servant alike shall prophesy. So he says, I see a day where it's not just going to be God visiting. God came upon God. God walked with certain people for a certain amount of time and then didn't walk with him. He says, I see a day where everybody's going to be able to walk with God. And it followed up in Acts chapter two, when they said verse five or six, and they said, hey, these guys are drunk. They said, it's not drunk. It's the middle of the day. They're not drunk. This is what Joel was talking about. This is the, the, the realization of the prophecy where Young men are going to dream, old men are going to see visions, and everybody's going to be able to prophesy. In other words, the spirit was no longer going to just sit upon, but men and women were going to be able to walk with God again. Oh, write this on your paper, take notes. Because <clears throat> visions and dreams, this was God's communications plan. Visions and dreams was how God talked to people that he walked with. Okay, that was the, one of the, the main methods that God used to talk to people that he walked with, visions and dreams. <clears throat> and then prophecy was the way people who walk with God talk to others. That's what prophecy was. And then confession is how people who walk with God talk to themselves. Oh, glory to God. It, it was a way of relaying thoughts to yourself again 
via words. So you're thinking it, you say it, then you can think it again. It was, a, it was the way people who walk with God talk to themselves. And that, that's a New Testament thing that happened uh, in conjunction with what I was telling you about in Acts. But it's, it's kind of, uh, it's, it's kind of communication 2.0. Right, God would visit upon people, but then now everybody could have him on the inside and could have him to be able to walk with themselves. And the reason this is important, and trust me, we get into your soul and your spirit, but this is the setup for that. The reason this is important, because Corinthians says there's some things your eyes can't see, your ears can't hear, your heart can't comprehend. But God reveals them unto us by his spirit. Right, let me give you a reference for that. That's Corinthians 2, 9 through 10. God reveals them unto us by his spirit. So what Paul was teaching here was kind of the pouring out of the spirit meant for visionaries, dreamers, and prophets. It was called revelation. Like I said, it was walking with God 2.0. If you think about in old times where you had a house phone if you're old enough to remember a house phone praise the lord and it was one phone in your house and it had a cord right and it wasn't cell phones young people wasn't even two-way one thing it was so had a cord and that was the one phone and there weren't mobile phones or smartphones so if you needed to make a, a call you would say i've got to get to a phone uh and then especially back in the day when you had a a, a beeper or a pager someone would page you and you would have to go to a phone to call them back. You'd have to get to a phone. You'd have to get to. And so if you weren't at a phone, you couldn't communicate with somebody because you didn't have communication with you. Communication was at a specific location. There were pay phones on the corner or people had a house phone or you would go into an establishment and say, can I use the phone? And you would, you would call that way. Well, that's the way it was with the presence of God. The presence of God was in the ark. The presence of God was in the temple. It was in a holy place. The holy, holy, only the priest could go in and the high priest would go in once a year and try to atone. That was the process. You couldn't just wake up in the morning and talk to God. You couldn't get in his presence except it was in the ark, except it was, it was in the temple. Well, what Paul talks about, your eyes seeing, ears seeing, heart, but God revealing it unto us by his spirit that revelation then says that you can get access. You can get access to the things of God. You can walk with God without having to get to a specific spot. Now, I'm not negating getting to a specific spot. I, I, I want to make that very clear because remember the prophet is one who talks to God. It's going to talk with you and, and your pastor is going to talk with you and, and you're going to gather together often. But on a Thursday, you don't have to wait until Sunday to get a revelation because God says he reveals it unto us by his spirit. Now, what does he reveal? He reveals things that your eyes can't see, your ears can't hear, and your heart can't comprehend. Well, those things are part of your soul. Those things are part of your soul. And as a part of your soul, they are... They represent something that you could get from God, but you can't, 
in your net. Because what happened when we sinned, remember your spirit came with your soul. Your soul came with your spirit, right? It was one. So Adam and Eve had soul and spirit. Spirit was how God communicated with man. And soul was to be how man communicated thoughts and intentions and feelings with each other. But because they came together and because there was no sin, man was able to communicate with God and communicate with each other the same way. So originally, God's communication with Adam and Adam's communication with God and Adam's communication with Eve and Eve's communication with Adam were the same type of communication. It was just soul to soul because it was on earth and it was spirit to spirit because it was between God who's in heaven and spirit being. So it was like, hi, yeah, there you go, boy. It was like long distance. See, I'm, I'm, I'm old school today. Remember, you had MCI, you had minutes, and if you had to call, you know, this far in the Midwest, and if you had to call to the West Coast, it was a different time because of the distance. So that was long distance, but then local calls were free. Oh, glory to God. So soul to soul was local calls, but spirit to spirit was long distance. Don't matter because you had an unlimited plan back in the day, back then. But then sin causes the separation of that. So now there's a difference between communicating with people and communicating with God or how people communicate with you or how the environment that was supposed to be colonized for heaven that now doesn't look exactly like heaven because the colonizers that God sent committed treason. And so now there's a disparity in the communications. So your thoughts, feelings, and desires that God ruled over because they were the same back in the day, they become uh, hinged. <laughs> and see, here's the basics of it, and then I'll give you the finalization of it. The basics of it is that because you have the spirit of God, you should rest easy that your soul can can be ministered to whenever needed. Uh, help me, hold it, hold it, hold it. The temptation is to get us not to walk with God so that we try to find another route or find another way. That's what happened with Eve. Like what he said, did God really say this? Did and so she tried to reason and ration herself a way that she was trying to either help God out or because she didn't know it all at the time, she felt like she had to go try to get the knowledge herself. Well, here's the thing. God has a thousand ways to get you healing. He can spit on the ground, put make the clay and get you healed. He can give you a word to get you healed. He can get you medicine from a doctor to get you healed. He can lay hands on your back. He can lay hands on your head, lay hands on your, your hips, lay hands on your ankles, lay hands on your wrists. He can lay hands on your forehead. He can lay hands on the left, on the right, on the roof, on the mouth. He can, he can, he can cause the prophet to speak and get you healed. He can cause uh, the test the hem of a garment and get you healed. He can cause you to get healed adjacent. He can cause whoever you work for to be blessed and that blessing come upon the servant and they say, what hour did the healing happen? About the hour that the person you work for, because you were a good steward over what God gave you and worked for somebody, he can cause you to be. God has a million gazillion ways to get healing to you. Okay. 
this, we talk about healing. God has a million ways to get you financially blessed. God has God. God can bless you as the result of opening the windows of heaven because you're a tither and an offering bringer. God can bless you as a result. Uh, he can cause your debt to be canceled. He'll open up the sea and swallow up debtors if he had to. He will cause the axe head to float so that you can be prosperous. He will cause a sandwich to be multiplied so that he can prosper you. He will cause you to go fishing and get blessed that way. He will cause somebody to come to you and give you favor. He will cause a, 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 a mercy to come upon you and get you. For, he will cause your harvest to come in perpetually. And he says, and the plowers will overtake the reapers. There's a gazillion ways God has to financially bless you, to get you healed. There's a million ways. But watch this. You don't need to know them all. <laughs> Worry and anxiety is when you try to figure out which one. And you try to go into scripture or you try to go into your repository and your history and you figure out which one is God. And so you try to get, well, I figure God is going to cause the bank loan to go through. Something's going to go down the bank and wait on the Lord. No, you walk with God. And if God don't save the bank, if God, God will, will lead you and guide you, not you helping God out. And the reason that is, is because you don't need to know them all because watch, all you need to do is be in the position where your soul it's aligned with the spirit when the revelation comes because there's some things your eyes can't see, ears can't hear, heart can't, that your soul doesn't have, but God reveals, God makes them visible. God makes them available by his spirit. Oh, glory to God. I'm almost out of time, but this is so good to me. Psalms 23 and 3 says this. He restores my soul. <laughs> he leads me in the paths of righteousness. Watch this. For his name's sake. So he restores. Re means again. Stores. Restores. It's stored, but now I'm going to restore. I'm going to restore. There's a store, and I'm going to restore. <laughs> So revelation is restoration of God's thoughts through the spirit of God. Restoration of godly thoughts through the spirit of God. Notice the scripture, Psalm 23 again says, he restores my soul. So you don't have to put anything in your soul in reserve. God is the one responsible for filling it. So you don't have to have preconceived thoughts. That's why you might think about Matthew 6 where it says, take no thought. What he was saying, he wasn't saying not to think. He was just saying, don't you try to store up in your soul what you should be thinking, what you should be feeling, how when you go in this situation, how they're going to treat me or how people are going to act. Well, I know when I get there, they're going to think I'm this. I know they're going to think I'm that. They're probably going to look at my car and think this. They're going to think that because they're going to look at my clothes and think that he says, take no thought. Why? Because God will restore your soul by, by revealing something by the spirit. So when you get there, if the people don't like you or don't care for you or don't whatever, don't, don't let that phase you. Let God restore your soul. God, give me the thoughts. 
Because God may have you get there and have you leave. Because they see, they don't like me. I got to leave. But he may have you get there and have you stay and bless them and pull out some money or give them some supplies. You say, but they don't like me. But you're not thanking you. It's not your thoughts. Your head can't comprehend blessing somebody that's cursed you. But God has a way of revealing something to you. Because watch, if he can reveal to you and you can get access to blessing people that didn't like you or doing something good when you have when you within your right to do bad or do wrong when you decide to let non render evil for evil watch this it says who knows the things of god except the spirit of god who knows the things of a man except the spirit of man who knows the things of god except the spirit of god but the, the spirit searches all things yea the deep things so all the depths of god are available to a woman or a man who's willing to walk with him with their soul getting revelation from the spirit. Because I want to be open for God to talk to me, to reveal something to me that I never would have thought of relative to other people. But then that also opens the door because it says all of God, the depths of God, watch this. I can know God's thought. Mm, ah, yes, 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 yes. I can read God's mind. And I can be in a position where I can have God say to me what I saw he was going to say to me. <laughs> and then that translates to every area of my life. I'm almost out of time. <laughs> Glory. Let's finish like this. <clears throat> Philippians. Philippians 4. Philippians 4. Let's, let's read this quickly. Verse 4 says, <clears throat> Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Watch verse 6. It says, Be anxious for... Be, do not be anxious about anything. Stop right there for a second. <clears throat> Raise your hand, write in your paper, say out loud, put in the chat, however you want to do it. Tell your neighbor, right? Jesus is my Lord. God is my King. Lord and King. I have a Lord and a King. Okay? So Lord means owner. And having a King means final authority. So the system that God set up is a kingdom and the kingdom says, whatever the king says, go. It's not a democracy like here. See, in a democracy, in the democracy, the leaders follow from the front. So we have a president, we have senators, we have, and I'm not dispersing these people, it's the system that, that we, that our country has. But they're following from the front. The reason I say follow from the front is because most people say with leadership, effective leadership means how many people you have following you. I push back on that. I say leadership starts with you knowing where God wants you to go and you being willing to go there and then allowing and helping others to go along with you as they're going in that direction, but not necessarily measuring your leadership based on how many people, measuring it based on whether you're going the way God wants you to go. And the reason I say that is it's because if it's measured based on the number of people following you and you have one thing that you're doing, but then all of a sudden 
people stop following you as much. And the thing you're doing is from God, but they don't like that anymore. So you're teaching the gospel and they don't like the teaching as much, but they want somebody to preach and hoop and holler. And so you say, okay, well, I'm going to start hooping and hollering so more people can come follow me and I can be a better leader. Well, if you changed to attract the people, then you're not leading them, they're leading you because they're dictating the direction that you go in. And see, the problem I have with that is when I see in scripture, a leader letting the people dictate, even though he had a lot of people named Moses, he missed the promised land. So I say effective leadership is you getting there and then whomever follows you to get there goes there with you. I'm not, a, I'm not, I'm not against a lot of people. I got members all over the country. I'm not, yes, praise God. I, but, but they will never dictate to me the direction to go in because that's based on me following God. So now I say that about me and pastors, but now I'm going to say this about you. Let's read that verse again. Don't be anxious about anything. The Constitution says don't be anxious. See, so if you want to let God rule over your soul, he has to be Lord and he has to be king. And it can't be uh, uh, arbitrary whether you follow one thing or another. It can't be like, well, I'm just nervous. Well, I'm just, sometimes you got to be anxious. You got to take a Xanax. No, the Constitution says don't be anxious. And if the Constitution says don't be anxious, we ought to don't be anxious. We ought to set ourselves. We ought to confess, remember? relaying thoughts to ourselves so that we can, right? We are to say to ourselves, confess to ourselves, I'm not going to be anxious. I'm not anxious. I'm not anxious about anything. We need to pull down anxiousness, reject anxiousness. Why? Because the king dictates that. The constitution dictates that. Now, if you can't quite grasp that, and, and if it's if it's like, Pastor, I need you to help me a little more with that. I can help you. I'm going to help you in this last two, three minutes, and I'm, I'm going to be out. The scripture says, or the scripture shows us, the spirit was how we was to relate with God. The soul was how we relate with people and the difference was sin. But now listen to what Jesus said. Jesus said in John 6, 63, the words I speak, they are spirit and they are life. He says, words bring spirit life. Words bring spirit life. And remember, he breathed into man the spirit and man became alive with the soul. So the word brings spirit life and alive with the soul, spirit and soul. So words, words, words from God are the reuniter of your spirit and your soul. Ooh, watch this, watch this. Hebrew 4 says the word of God is quick and powerful. Sharpening two or sword, piercing dividing sun, the soul and spirit and joints and the marrow and the discerner. Watch this of the thoughts and intents of the heart, soul and spirit. He says the word of God gets between there and makes up the difference between your natural thoughts and what the spirit would actually have you to think. So it reconciles the two. So they become one again. <laughs> That's what God's words are meant to do. Finish here. Isaiah 1 and 18 says, come now, watch this, let us reason together, saith the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, the thing that keeps spirit and soul make the difference. 
He says, I'll make them white as snow. I'll, I'll erase the difference. And I'll make your thoughts, your feelings, and align with the spirit because I'll reveal some stuff to you. They should be white as snow. Though they be red like Clemson, they shall be as wool. Listen, the word there, reason, where he says, come let us reason, means to be right. Means to correct. It also could mean argue. So God is saying, listen, come. Just if you are just willing to show up, church, I got to go. But if you're just willing to show up, God says, if you're just willing to show up, if you're just willing to be present, if you're just willing to come to my presence, if you're just willing to get to the place where you can get the word, whether it's you preaching to yourself, you getting here to my church, you getting in the word yourself, you getting before God, because now you can pray his kingdom come on heaven as an earth. Notice erasing the difference. He says, if you just come, if you just show up, glory to God. And not just you showing up like, well, I'm just hoping the Lord can say something. No, you're the ecclesia. That's the word for church. Church meant cabinet. Those having power and authority from God to go out and do his bidding. It's not a cabinet like in the United States where they, you know, advise the president and the president got to sign amendments and veto them. And all. No, no, no. The cabinet of God is God has an agenda and you come to God to get the agenda and now you go out walking with him to carry out the agenda. And in doing so, he reveals stuff to you so that your soul is in line with the spirit of God. He says, come. If you just show up to talk, God says, before it's over, we'll have reason. Or in other words, we'll be right. You'll get right. You'll have right. Any issue in your life, you come to God. Come to God with your soul as it is and allow him to reveal something to your spirit you'll come away right this is the restoration revelation that God wants us to have for today let's pray father we bless you we give you honor and glory thank you God for this word use it to bless your people and cause them to live the enjoyable life as a result of it allow us God to let you be Lord over our thinkings, our feelings, and our emotions so that revelation from our spirit can come to us, from your spirit can come to us, and we can walk it out in the earth. We bless you for it, God. In Jesus' name, amen. Listen, before we go, <clears throat> if you haven't received salvation, once you receive it today, salvation comes by confessing with your mouth and believing with your heart. All you have to do is repeat after me and say this. Say, Lord Jesus, Come into my life. I receive you now as my Lord and Savior. You pray that. And if you've heard it and like, oh, Pastor, I missed it. Just, just say it right now. Lord Jesus, come into my life. I accept you now as my Lord and Savior. You pray that prayer. You are. You're saved right where you are. You have salvation. And that means that you're now in position for God to be your Lord again and reversing the effects that Adam and Eve's sin or treason had, now you're in a position where you can hear God's voice and get to know him. But just like with any relationship, you need to work on it. And part of working on that is being connected with his body, which he calls the church. In this case, we're talking about my church. This church is a place where you can further that relationship, further that connection, further know how to get revelation from the spirit so that you can walk with God and not have a disparity between your feelings and those things that God wants you to have and walk out in the earth. <clears throat> this is the place for you. So you can click that information up, uh, on the screen or go to the website. 
www.lovemychurch.org and click contact us and the leadership staff will get you exactly what you need. Before we go today, very important, nobody move. Um, our giving. The, the scripture is very clear that God set up a kingdom system and he invited us to be a part of the kingdom. And so our giving is kingdom commerce. And what I mean by kingdom commerce is it's God gives us the ability to earn. It gives us the ability to have it. Then he asks us to bring back the tithe and to give an offering. Uh, it's our opportunity to be a part of his commerce. God's proved in the Old Testament he could rain manna down from heaven. He could just cause a, you know, a whirlwind to happen or a blessing to happen. God could do those things. But the way the king set it up, he gave it, gave us opportunity to be conduits of kingdom prosperity because he set up a system and said give and it shall be given unto you with the same measure you meet out he says so here's how i'm going to do it i'm going to allow you to make your mind up to make your decision to be a part of kingdom commerce but then that opens the door for me to reveal some stuff to you beyond what you've made your mind up for that's why he says good measure pressed down shaking together running over shall men give unto you when you give it's a greater abundance because you get above what your eyes can see your ears your hear your heart can't comprehend this is good ground a good ministry a good place for you to sow your tithes your offering your seed your first fruit if you want to be a blessing to the pastors um, blessing to this ministry you do that you be a blessing you you let god allow you to be a part of kingdom commerce um, to sow a financial seed, go to that same website, lovemychurch.org, and there's a button there that says sow a seed. If you want to give via Cash App, it's dollar sign my church Lynchburg. Uh, so dollar sign my church Lynchburg on the Cash App. And uh, Pastor Lewis Stephanie Tucker will be back here next Sunday at 12:15 a.m. You don't 12:15 p.m. Praise God, uh, Eastern Standard Time. You don't want to miss them. You want to be a part of this. Uh, Pastor Tucker, I love you, sir. Back over to you. God bless you, family. Love you. Join Pastor Stephanie for Women of Worth every first and third Thursday at 7.30 p.m. on Facebook Live.
Join Pastor Tuck in the Man Cave every second and fourth Thursday at 7.30 p.m. on Facebook Live. You can now watch the My Church broadcast on your Roku and Amazon Fire TV and Apple TV. Simply download the Boxcast channel and look for the My Church icon. Or catch the word on the go with the word at My Church Podcast. Now available on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play Music. Tune in iHeartRadio, Pandora, and Stitcher Podcast platforms. Just search for My Church Lynchburg. Now there's no excuse to go without the word. And for those of you with Alexa-enabled devices, simply enable the My Church Lynchburg skill in the Alexa app. Then say, Alexa, open My Church Lynchburg and sit back and enjoy the word.